0: Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Revive Yourself podcast.
1: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try?
0: Hey guys, so welcome to episode 10. On episode 10 already, hasn't it flown by? It's gone really quick, um, but I'm loving it and I hope you guys are too. And today's interview is with Hilary Boynton, all the way from the USA. She has a book out called The Heal Your Gut Cookbook that she co authored with another lady called Mary Brackett. Mary G Brackett and for someone who's an expert in gut health it was a great read a fascinating read and it actually takes into consideration aspects of the GAPS diet as well actually it is in, in basically in cahoots with the GAPS diet and there's so many great recipes on there I'll be giving some of these recipes to my clients as well and there's some great recipes that I really want to taste um, so it's it's a great book for anyone who has had gut issues, um, and, it's, and some of these, these the, the principles, I mean a lot of the principles are exactly the same things that I teach my clients, so it is, I'd say uh, a great book, and a book I'd highly recommend, and to talk to you all about it, and a lot uh, shit, a lot of other issues we actually carried on and went into different aspects, um, here is Hilary Boynton, hope you enjoy guys, and I'll see you on the other side hey guys and welcome to another episode of revive yourself with ryan martin today's guest is Hilary boynton and she's from california she has a website called www.liveyumyum.com, and she's also the co-author of the heal your gut cookbook so in fact just any of you guys that haven't actually heard the book it's uh I was looking through it earlier on, and me and my girlfriend, were just it was about fifty recipes you want to give a go, so it's looks really, a really really tasty um recipes in the book it's something I definitely recommend so Hilary, welcome to the show, and how are you today
1: Thank you, Ryan. I'm great. I'm glad to be here.
0: Phenomenal. How's California this morning? Oh yeah, it's this morning yeah nine
1: forty five it's actually blue skies and sunny. It's been quite rainy this winter and cold. So um, we're excited to have the sun shining today.
0: Yeah, I wish I could say the same for here at the moment, but yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so just just going to go through basically a couple of the quotes in your book. I mean, I, when I go through people interviews books, a lot of the time, oh, there'll be a few, few passages here and there, but when I was going through your introduction, your story, and I, I found myself almost highlighting the whole lot, um, I'm going to start with the, one of the first the first quote and it's actually like the first sentence you put in it which is um, looking back it all makes perfect sense wow if I'd only known then what I know now but if that were the case I wouldn't be writing this book I guess things really do happen for a reason starting in high school I lived completely fat free for nearly a decade during that time years of playing intense division 1 soccer and having way too much fun in college ultimately taxed my body to the brink the cumulative effect of burning so much energy and then replenishing with bagels, pasta, cereal, butter buds redid really a doozy on my gut health. Not to mention being on the birth control pill and Accutane for my bad skin. Now, when I read that, it was apart from obviously the uh, the pill, <laughs> it was something mm-hmm. that I basically went through myself, um, especially for the Accutane for skin. How was that period, and what was it like going through that?
1: You know, I I thought I had all the answers at that point, I thought, Oh, you know, fat is bad. And I actually tried to design my own major of nutrition and fitness in college. And this is this is the answer. But I, I really, um, I don't know what I was thinking, you know, I just wouldn't look at what else was in anything. I just looked if there was zero fat. And if there was zero fat, then I would have it. Um, But you know, obviously, my skin was um, trying to tell me something and it wasn't really until i healed my gut that my my skin cleared up even diving into nutrient dense foods didn't necessarily clear my skin um so so yeah looking back i i can't quite believe that i did all that to my body and thought that that was okay and now um you know but if i if i hadn't done all that i i certainly wouldn't be where i am today so i'm quite glad that i didn't go uh into nutrition at that point because i would have learned things that um that, you know isn't kind of the path that i wanted to go
0: on 100 uh, percent. i actually did sports nutrition at uh, university and i learned a hell of a lot that i don't use now at all right. um and so having been through that and taking acutane for for my skin or acutane for my skin it's not a a great a great well feeling to be on that is it It dries you out quite a lot and you're not even meant to go out in the sun would you go through the same things
1: yeah. I mean, it was awful. I went on it twice actually. And then they put you on the pill because if you're on it mm-hmm. and you get pregnant, then there's a hundred percent chance of birth defects, which says how strong that, that is. Um, and it, it, I wasn't eating, and it's a fat soluble, it's vitamin A, so it's fat soluble and I wasn't really eating any fat. So it didn't really help me that much. Um, and then I felt like it made me depressed. I gained weight because I was on the pill and then I had bad skin. I mean, it was just sort of a bad combination of things so I didn't
0: really feel that great on it yeah 100% agree it was one of the things that looking back if I could go back I wouldn't have ever gone on it if you know if you knew then what you know now as you said it makes a whole lot of difference right so that you yeah. then you then go on to say which is what you just said a little bit there was I had no idea of the damage done until I was played by infertility as a young newlywed which was quite possibly the most painful thing I've ever endured why at twenty six was I not able to carry a baby? Well, I think I know the answer to that now. I was malnourished um, how that 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 sentence could literally explain i think millions, if not billions of people, what they're going through today. Would you agree with that?
1: I would agree i just um I actually just taught a class yesterday on making raw for cheese. And I was talking about my, my infertility and, um, and how important it is. I mean, it was very painful. It was, it was such a hard time because everybody's pumping out babies. And, um, and I just was so young and wondering if that, if I would ever have a baby I and mean, now I have five, but, uh, <laughs> I, I would it was, it was a very depressing time and the stress certainly played a big role as time went on and I didn't conceive. Um, but it's so important And one of the messages that I'm trying to spread right now is to, to grab hold of these young teenagers and young 20 somethings that, uh, have a chance to heal their guts and to really balance their microbiomes and their, their, um, their gut flora. And so that they can give, they can conceive and then also pass on healthy gut flora to their children. So it's a it's a really important age for people to sort of wake up and say, hey, I do have control. I can rebalance myself before uh, before going into this. And certainly infertility is on the rise and not getting any better. And that's a danger for this for our world. Is that you know if we can't conceive, then we're not going to continue on. So yeah, and certainly yeah. having healthy babies. I mean we're. There's so many sick children, and, and I can get more into this, but when a baby goes through the birth canal is when they swallow their first, uh, they swallow a big gulp of the mother's gut flora, and that's their first inoculation of bacteria into their guts. So it's really important that moms have, and dads, that they have uh, healthy
0: gut flora to pass on. No, 100% agree with that. It comes from of you, Sam before like we were you were talking about just having pasta and bagels people looking at calories rather than actual <laughs> the actual nutrition of the food people understanding that, that food is more than just calories it's far more than just that it's a way it um so one of the ways we actually communicate over our central nervous system as well as you're saying gut health so i mean that sentence right there it just jumps off the page having dealt with people and so dealt with women themselves who have been through such torrid times of not being able to conceive and going through IVF and spending loads of money who then change their diet and a year later fall pregnant it's just something that I think a lot of women out there need to know more of um what because right. why would why would uh, it's one of those things right You I mean you can go for it but that's mother nature's way of telling you that your body's not ready to to conceive and not ready to hold a human life
1: right and I think for women to be able to to realize that they can take control and do something because you, you do. I mean, I felt so helpless. I felt like I really was at the the hands of or in the hands of the medical system because I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So for uh, couples to realize that they can start to change their diets and change their lifestyle and really um, reverse some of the imbalances and, and rebalance their systems and, and conceive naturally is a huge Uh, a huge thing to have that sense of power over your own body because once you're in the system too it's very hard to get out of it and then the stress just builds up and i mean i was a wreck so it was really hard
0: yeah i bet bet it was and then even when baby came out you you put he was an eczema baby itchy fussy and breaking my heart months of sleepless nights kept me searching for answers what a cause is and how could it be treated? I mean, that's that. That's what the other thing. Um, if you're if you're malnourished as a, as a mother, uh, and, you're, and you're not giving baby everything that he's meant to be having inside, then these are these problems coming from, right?
1: Right. So, well, yeah, I ended up having triplets through in vitro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, oh, great, you know, three babies, three years of infertility oh. were done. And then when they were three, I thought, maybe we want to see what it's like to have one baby. And um, and I had planned to have to go back to in vitro and all of that. And then, boom, I got mm-hmm. pregnant on my own. And this was the baby that, yes, he, at two months old, was scratching head to toe every night. I'd have to pin him to my body. Um, and none of us were sleeping. It was it was miserable. Uh, but I certainly, I had gone back on the birth control pill after having the triplets. And I was starting to tune into food a bit because I was making food for them. But still, it was like I was falling for now, anything that said organic, I would buy. So I had the pirate booty, or I don't know if you guys have that over there, but just processed, processed organic snacks. And, um, and I was buying organic produce. But I think, you know, my body had been totally taxed to the brink carrying triplets. And so was depleted even more. And I wasn't, uh, I still hadn't woken up to nutrient dense foods or rebalancing my gut at all. So this baby got a dump of a really, very bad combination of gut flora.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And that's oh and that's a, yeah. People don't realise this is when people say, "Oh, these babies that have got these sort of diseases, when they what have they done to deserve it?" It's like, well, it's not actually the baby. It's coming from their mum and their dad, and it's what's passed on. So it's it's but once you're awake to it, it's a it's a game changer and. You said, going on, because it's it's an interesting story, it's something that I really want people to understand. You said, One day, a year later, the answer finally came. I was at the grocery store with kids in tow, trying to make good choices for my family. If the label said organic, I assumed it was okay. Which is a problem that a lot of people go through. <laughs> um, crackers, yogurt, fruit snacks. When I ran into an old friend, the film director and farm advocate, Kirsten Canty. Christine yeah. I Yeah. Yep. I told her about my new toddler's continuing plight. She gave me a recommendation that would change my life forever. You should try giving him raw milk. Huh? What was raw milk? Did she mean unpasteurized? Certainly that could not be good for us. But I was at my wit's end, so I went for it. And guess what? It worked. Now, that's huge. Um, because... It, raw milk, so obviously, in in the natural health world, uh, holistic health world, we know about the benefits of raw of raw milk. But in the conventional world, it's something that is is looked at as can give you a disease and it's very dangerous. Um, was you was you worried at the time before you started giving it to him?
1: You know, I just sort of was so desperate at that point that I thought I'll try anything, and I trusted Kristen so. She and her mom and her sister, we belonged to this co-op, and they would deliver my raw milk to me, which was so nice. And, and it was pretty a pretty quick turnaround. I put him on raw milk and cod the royal, and I think all the healthy fats just completely gave uh, gave him what he needed, and he was healed. When every doctor said he would have asthma and allergies and eczema, they just ran hand in hand, uh, and now he's 10 and has no signs of any of that. Um but it was, I was just saying yesterday to this class, I, I had taught cooking classes in Massachusetts for years, and raw milk was the one thing that I had a hard time convincing people to try. There was just so much fear around this, you know, that they were going to potentially kill their children or they were going to drop dead. And when we've been drinking it for now 10 years, and people in in California, it's legal, so it's off the shelves, and, mm-hmm. it, you know, and all sorts of um Areas around the U.S. it is legal, and you can buy off the farm. But uh, there's just been this fear factor that has instilled fear in people that they're
0: afraid to to try it. Yeah, you've You've got organic pastures there, haven't you, in California? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and and uh, you certainly want to trust and know your your farm that you're getting it from. I wouldn't say just buy it off any old farm, but uh, there are some wonderful, amazing people doing doing great things and for thousands of years and in many cultures across the world people are drinking raw milk it has everything in it that it needs to be digested and um it's pretty much a perfect food
0: mm-hmm. if people so, yeah if people actually this is one of the stories i, was, I think i will try and get mark on That people actually knew the story behind why partialization actually came into play place and what was going on um and how it is now like raw, raw milk farmers that produce raw milk are some of the cleanest uh they got such high regulations whereas if people knew what normal milk was like and how it was produced <laughs> their views would be completely turned on their head i think
1: <laughs> yeah i had a friend who went into a store where the I, I don't remember which company it was but it was an organic pasteurized milk Maybe ultra pasteurized, and it was just sitting on a pallet out mm. out of refrigeration. And the only reason they refrigerate it is to is aesthetically. People are so used to having milk in their refrigerator, but it's so dead that it doesn't even need to be refrigerated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I can, but, yeah, I can imagine ultra pasteurized. Is this what you need?
1: I mean, and I grew up on pasteurized skim milk, which you know isn't really anything. It's like sugar.
0: Yeah. It's, in, in america i think your sales of conventional milk are going down one percent every year because people are getting so many allergies to it they can't even take it anymore that should tell yeah. you everything you need to know um, and so yeah. you so you went through this period and the baby got a lot better and then you were going through it and you said you you learned more and more about the western a price foundation which we're going to go into a bit later on and um you changed your pantry and everything was organic and it was out went certain foods like cereals and skim milk and even the raw milk and pastured, edge, pastured eggs. Um, but there was no major sickness or trips to the doctor, but you said it it does take time to undo the years. You said, however, it takes time to undo the years for poor choices I've made in the past and various problems became cropping up. So this is something I think people need to... No, like people seem to have a have a problem, and they want it to be gone in a month when they've had it for a year. It's something that people need to understand. Things do take time, right?
1: Right. It is hard because everybody wants a quick fix, you know. And we're used to that with our medical system that you can just walk in and get a pill for everything, pretty much. So, um, and that you know what I realized with with my eczema baby when I put the um, Zyrtec or I gave him Zyrtec and put the steroid cream on him that it would help him. But as soon as I didn't give it to him, it would come back. So I knew it was a Band-Aid and not, um, not a real, uh, healing for him. So I think people, they do have to be patient. And that's one thing that, um, with the gaps diet really does eliminate so many things that you get to a point with your body that, you know, what, works and what doesn't, you will react if you, um, you get to kind of a, a a balanced state where if you introduce something that your body's not ready for, then you'll, you'll know right away. So it's a very nice, uh, way to kind of get back to a a new normal and then go from there.
0: Um, Yeah. No, because then you, you go on and you say, when I heard N- Natasha Campbell McBride speak at a Western A Prize conference in the fall of 2012, I began to sense it was time to take the nutrient-dense diet one step further. So, as you started to begin to understand then it was, there was certain, th- certain things you need to go deeper into. But, um, your, your, um, your daughter started yes. having seizures. Um, yes. and, this is when you really wanted to to get to the root cause of things, um, and even though you were looked into the Gap Style, which we go into, for sort of, for, but this is might not know about the Gap Style and Doctor Natasha McBride. But you were desperately searching for a way to manage d- Dossie's seizures. Am saying it right, Dossie, yeah, Dossie, um, seizures. Um, yeah. And so, in March 2013, one of your clients introduced you to a medical intuitive named Laura Gray. Um, but your husband was sceptical at this because you were spending a lot of money on holistic therapies. And I know that's the story a lot of people have been through. Um, and so you asked Laura if she could, could come over and explain what this GAPS diet was about. So she drove over to your home, home, spent two hours with you at no charge and explained. And she pulled out her markers and she drew a diagram about a healthy gut and an unhealthy gut. Um, and your previously sceptical husband started and you started the gap start the next day you say we jumped into gaps feet first and i started collecting adapting and creating recipes now that's awesome so what was it about what laura said that really changed his mind
1: well i mean like i said there too that i had seen natasha speak dr Mm -hmm. natasha Mm -hmm. and i felt overwhelmed by it and then when laura said you guys need the gap diet i thought oh no it's so daunting and Overwhelming but um and and certainly, I had tried to convey the gap side to my husband, but he was skeptical and it it was it's just a big understanding, and so what what Laura did was draw a leaky gut versus a a healthy gut, and when you what happens is um I guess the best way that I've been uh, able to understand it is you know if you imagine a baby going through the birth canal swallowing a big gulp of what populates their gut their gut. And the average baby today has about 287 toxins in their cord blood alone. So they are starting out toxic, then they're inheriting poor gut flora. Then they may get a vaccine, vaccine, you know, day two of life. I don't know about over there, but here you get, you know, day one, day two, you get a vaccine. Then they may get an ear infection and get antibiotics. And then there's, of course, environmental toxins or so they're not breastfed. And whatnot, and what so it's very hard for these babies to establish a, a good balance of healthy gut flora. And the, uh, the we, have, we have these little villi-like structures, are like little grass-like structure or villi in our intestinal lining. And when the bad bacteria outweighs the good, then it starts to wear down those villi and create cracks in the lining, and things that should stay within the intestinal tract get out. And the body sees them as foreign and launches a, an autoimmune response, which can cross the blood-brain barrier and cause neurological issues like ADHD and autism and whatnot. So, um, so when she explained that and then and showed a picture of how you know when things get out of the intestinal lining that should be in and what your body does in response to that, we just thought, oh my gosh, you know, we we have a lot of these symptoms. From speech delays to eczema to epilepsy, um, and ticks—certain little ticks—one of my my sons had. So it all kind of added up, and and then my bad skin and my husband—he looked like you know he kind of needed an overhaul, and so uh, so it just yeah, it just made sense.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And just just for everyone out there that doesn't hasn't heard of the gap style, um, well just basically what, what is it? I mean, I know there's two stages to it. Um, so what is the GAPS diet and what does it involve?
1: So the GAPS diet stands for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome and the Gut and Physiology Syndrome, so explaining really the, the gut-brain connection. Uh, and it's an elimination diet. Um, well, it was established by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride who healed her child of autism probably about 20 years ago. Um, and she's a neurologist and a nutritionist, um, and she. So it's an elimination diet with a with an introduction diet, which is a six stage elimination diet, and then you go on to full gaps, which is much like a paleo in some ways, with no grains or legumes. Um, and in the six stage intro diet, it starts off very very simple with lots of bone broths and meats cooked in the broth and vegetables that are non-fibrous. So you even cut the stalks off of the cauliflower and broccoli so that you give your gut nothing, the bad bugs, uh, nothing to feed off of. So you basically are essentially starving off the bad bacteria and people can go through uh, what's called die off where they have, they can feel really sick, have a hard time getting out of bed. My children all threw up the first, within the first 24 hours. Which is never the case. We're never all sick at the same time. So I knew that that was it. Was just too coincidental that boom, everybody was sick, and my husband and I felt kind of like we were walking through mud for a couple of weeks. But then the clouds lift, and you feel better, and you start to you start to feel a lot better, quite uh, rather quickly, because you you start to get purge all of that bad bacteria, um, and then you so you move through from the broths and the soups that you are having breakfast, lunch, and dinner into adding an egg yolk to each soup, and you're adding plenty of animal fats, then you can add avocado, and then um, you start juicing a little bit. So there's specific stages, and it's very um, laid out as to what you can eat at what stage. And then you graduate, and that's meant to be two to five days per stage. It's not something that you stay on for a super long period of time, but it does depend on what level of sickness you have. Like my co-author had to stay at stage three for like a month or so, before moving on whereas we moved through each stage at five days per stage and then we graduated to full gaps mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. much more just a nourishing way of eating for a couple of years yeah
0: completely understand some people if they're reacting to everything right they need to stay at a certain stage for a bit longer um
1: That's right. you get to understand your body so well that if you introduce an egg yolk and you break out or your child starts flapping their hands or something happens then you know that you're not ready for that and you go back and you hang out for another couple of days and try again
0: Mm -hmm. i've got you so i mean that's pretty that's pretty uh very good explanation pretty simple for everyone and so people this thing of par. i mean i'm quite uh, like to research into parasites and bad bacteria and bugs people in just normal world don't really understand that um these, these pathogens these bacteria they're, they're powerful they can infiltrate a nervous system they can make you crave foods that you don't you don't want and so as you say you felt like you were walking through mud that was them trying to make it a situation where you wanted to feed them again um, so staying strong for, for a couple of weeks um, I mean it, that was hard it was hugely beneficial right
1: right I mean I've had I, I did have a friend back in Massachusetts Massachusetts whose husband, he, he, that was the worst i had heard. He felt really, really sick and he had very bad ADD and was on medication and he was in bed for a while and kind of was not super committed to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but for most people, I feel like it, the, then the symptoms are not super extreme. It's enough that you can handle it. And it's, it's so fascinating to feel kind of like, wow, this is what's, going on in my body, my body's trying, I mean, those little buggers, I say, are hanging on for dear life. They're like, please feed me some sugar or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you starve them, you know, they're good. They don't go out easily. They go out kicking and screaming. And then once you get rid of them and rebalance, then it's like, ah, okay, now I can. And then you don't want to go back. So it's really important to just stick it out because then you do feel so much better that you don't want to go back to that, that way, the way you were, where you're having uncontrollable cravings and exhaustion and whatnot
0: yeah 100 percent. i agree so one of the other things you said about the gaps diet was you said the other immense gift of the gaps diet is that it empowered me to go with my gut i've always always sought the approval of others seeking reassurance and endorsement for everything i do how often as a new mother did i run to the doctor's office for absolutely every little thing the gaps diet gave me the power to have a direct impact on my own healing and that of my loved ones it has made me a stronger person because I've often had to stand up to naysayers and their notions of normal, or what they consider normal. Most important, it has taught our family to tune into the subtle wisdom of our bodies and the ultimate sorry, as the ultimate authority. That's a very powerful quote because it's something that I try and teach all my clients and hopefully all the listeners out there will get to, is your body, it doesn't matter what's written in a book, your body is going to tell you ultimately how things are going. Um, and for you to to say that um and even for your little ones that's gotta be that must have been a, a real big deal um to finally get to that point um and as a new mother you've got we you must have mother i mean people mums all over the world they, they will run to the doctor because they don't know what else to do right so it's really empowering for you to say that i think
1: yeah well it's so i mean i look back to when i was a new mom and i actually was just talking to a friend whose child had severe ear infections or burst uh, their their eardrum. And I remember that happened to my eczema baby where he was sitting in the bathtub and all of a sudden there was this pus oozing out of his ear and I panicked and I took him to the doctor and threw him right on an- antibiotics. And then I, I thankfully had a nice uh, uh, naturopathic doctor home- homeopath. And she said, even if they perforate the eardrums, you still don't have to use the antibiotics. It just was that that fear that you're, you're responsible for this little being. And if you don't, you know, and most, most doctors are going to say, you know, you need to put him on an antibiotic and without discussing the ramifications of doing that for here, I had this compromised child already. And then to throw him on antibiotics was making his gut even worse and then exacerbating the eczema and getting him farther away from healing completely. So, um, so it did allow me and I still struggle with this sometimes, you know, we, uh, we've had even more of a crazy healing journey than, you know, two weeks after I handed over my book to my publishers to be edited, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been through now almost a three and a half year journey of that, which is why I, I'm continuing on this path and so passionate about prevention and getting people to turn around... Um, their lives before something happens like cancer, because once you're there, it is just, you know, you're down the rabbit hole and you're scrambling to get to regain health. And so the GAPS diet was certainly, you know, I thought, this is it, this is the answer for my husband, because, you know, he had been severely stressed for several years with five kids under four we had, and then um, the market crashed and just trying to, to stay up. And then he was not making good Lifestyle choices was coming home and drinking too many beers and then when we went on the GAPS diet He started chewing tobacco because he couldn't have a beer and so it just sort of he had I say the perfect storm that just blew up in his face. Um, but we did not rush right into chemo and radiation and surgery because I knew that his immune system so we listened to our guts I knew that he wouldn't be able to fight all of that I mean, so We had just started the GAPS diet a few months prior and I knew that he wasn't ready to, to fight that. So when you run into something like a chemotherapy or radiation right away, when your immune system is so down, it's really hard to fight. And if you don't have a healthy gut, um, you know, it's really hard to fight these things. So I think people run right in out of fear, and then they get slammed even, even more so. So that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole other story. But we, you know, we fought it on our own for eight months. And then we ended up moving to California to, we completely changed our lifestyles. We picked up from Massachusetts and took our five kids, um, to California so he could get a more alternative treatment and also get out of stress and a family business that was really hard on him and whatnot. So we've gone, we've gone with a lot of trust in our guts and it, and it has served us well in many ways, but I would say Again, to prevention is key because he still struggles to this day with terrible side effects and uh, from radiation, which he did end up getting. Um, so, anyway, listen to that.
0: Yeah, no, hundred. So, but dig into that story. I listened to. Um, I think. Oh, I can't remember, I, I did actually think I read or maybe I listened to the interview you, you did with Mary, with Dr. McCullough, I remember you saying, I think it was there, I, I did hear that um, your husband did actually get cancer, but he's on the mend, hopefully.
1: He, he's been cancer free for two years, or two, a little over two years, but he has um, necrosis in his jaw, which is basically dying deteriorating bone. So mm-hmm. they want to replace his whole lower jaw with his fibula bone from his leg and it's a year recovery. And, um, it's just, it's nasty. It's really bad. So he has to blend all of his foods. He's still, um, he can not only open his mouth, maybe a quarter of an inch on a good day and has no real salivary glands left and has trouble swallowing. And so, it's a battle. I mean, it's it's not pretty. So, um, And I was just saying to this class yesterday, it's one in two men and one in three women. And I think it's the second leading cause of death in children now to cancer. Mm. So it's, you know, I, I say to people that there are things that we can control and things that we can't. So some of the things we can control is we can control what we put in our mouths and we can control what we put on our bodies. Certainly what we breathe in, uh, we have less control over. So... Um, so just being very mindful and waking up before it's too late because it's just it it really and we've spent i say also that we've gone broke chasing health you know everything we want to do isn't covered by insurance and we're you know everybody has an answer everybody has an idea for you of what would work and you want to try everything because you're desperate to heal Mm -hmm. Um, so you think it's expensive my husband's uh, our arguments were always, you know, I say, you drink too much, and he'd say, you spend too much money on food, and we'd have these, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of apples to oranges, but then once he got sick, he realized, wow, like, it, it's so expensive to, um, it would have been much cheaper, yeah, to heal, it would have been much cheaper to just stay healthy, and so now, you know, the bulk of our money goes to food, which, and my mom is here thinking, oh, you guys spend so much money on food, and I said, well, this is our medicine, this is, Know this is what we do to stay healthy, and my kids, you know, knock on wood. We don't really get sick, we might get a stomach bug or a cough or a little cold, but not really. I mean, knock on wood. I I haven't been sick all winter, it's been a cold winter up here in Topanga. Um, but so that's I really look at our food as as our medicine,
0: as our main source of staying healthy. No, 100%. Topanga is a nice name for an area, yeah.
1: (laughs) in between Santa Monica and Malibu oh, lovely. So in LA, but it's uh, in the mountains. So it's feels like you're somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Have you ever seen, did you ever watch the show um, Boy Meets World when you're younger? Oh, there were, there oh was, a, a... There was a girl okay. on that called Topanga. Yeah, that's what I remember okay. <laughs> off topic, but <laughs> that's what it came is- to mind. Yeah, no. You said in your book here that that even through the brutal winters in New England, that you, you, your, your kids and yourself didn't maybe get ill. So it does show the power that food has, um, on, yeah. on, on your health. And I mean, I wish your husband the best luck, and I hope he uh, he can get through that. It doesn't sound like a very pleasant experience, but um, yeah. I well, mean, he's
1: got a positive attitude, and mm-hmm. you know, we just take it take it one day at a
0: time and um he's lucky to have a wife who's into all this as well so makes a big difference
1: yeah i think he i think he sees now he he definitely sees now the power of food as medicine and and he sees that our kids are not sick and um one one point about that i remember i had a friend in massachusetts who would say you know oh it's just kind of or her doctor i think said that it was just sort of average for a kid to be on antibiotics two to three times in the winter Mm. um in New England, because there's so many colds going around, and I thought, that is so backwards. Yeah. And, um, you know, my kids, the proof is in the pudding, really. I mean, there's so many kids that, my, my nephew even, I think, had, like, before he was two, had maybe 10 rounds of antibiotics, and thank God he's fine. But to some extent, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in his gut, but he seems fine and healthy. But it's just, it's not normal to have to be uh, on those. And, and it depends on um it's It's really important because there's this huge debate with with vaccines and with antibiotics and whatnot and it's really important for people to understand bio individuality and that each baby is not created equal and so what one baby may be able to withstand another baby may not so I really ask parents to tune in to to uh what's going on in your in your body and your children's bodies and be really mindful of that. I mean, I thank God that my eczema baby, he did get uh, most of his vaccines before I realized, you know, that maybe wasn't the best solution for him at that point in his life. I'm not saying for people not to vaccinate, but be be mindful that you have a choice that you can spread them out, that you don't have to give them out once. If you have a compromised baby, you can wait, you can hold off for a little bit um, because what might tip one baby over the edge, you know, may not be the same for another baby so just really listen to your gut what i'm saying yeah and you
0: sorry go on carry on
1: no yeah that's all and then with antibiotics too really you know with ear infections i think it's 99 percent of the time they will clear up on their own i'm not don't quote me on that but it's a it's a big percentage of time that they just need time to heal so um and removing things like sugar and looking at the diet so there are answers and finding yourself the best holistic naturopathic doctor you can find to guide you. Because for me as a young mom, that was invaluable. Just having somebody to say, it's okay. You don't have to do this. It's okay. Just take a breath and, and step back for a second. So, um, having that support is huge because oftentimes I feel like I'm kind of a salmon swimming upstream, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure it all out. So, um, surrounding yourself with like-minded people
0: is key oh huge i think that's uh, that's probably one of the hugest yeah that's that's uh so huge because if you if you just listen to the the adverts and you listen to everyone else um you you'd i mean the only reason i got into this is because i was very ill um and it's just that you've gone through your own health journey and that's why you get into this otherwise you it's hard because people, a lot of people, aren't even exposed to this world um, until, unfortunately, it's either too late or they do get ill. So, 100 percent having the right team around you is massive because, as you said, it allows it's almost allows you to to, to, to because it's uh, very hard when you're dealing with babies not not to be rational sometimes if your baby's ill or people everyone's telling you your family's saying you, you've got to get vaccinations etc. It's very hard to be the person who says, no, I'm doing it my way, unless you are quite a strong character. So having a team around you to support you, I think, is invaluable, 100%. Um, And and especially what you said there about some people's food. Mary, your co-author, actually had a quote in here. She said, um, I learned that although a food might be nourishing to one person, it could damage another. After years of being told to listen to your doctor for answers, it took me a while to learn to listen to my own body to determine what was actually my medicine and not my poison so yeah so, it's... so
1: yeah she couldn't even when we were making the book she couldn't try the majority of the recipes because she couldn't have garlic and onions <laughs> i was like can't you just try this for me but um she really reacted mm-hmm. to those things so she you know it's fine for me but not okay for her so mm-hmm. and that's what the beauty of the gaps diet really is is that it allows you to really tune into your own body and what works for you
0: Hundred, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. garlic and garlic and onions are very powerful. Some people just can't deal with them. Um right. So, so yeah. you, so you, so you made the book. So you got together and made the book and it is a a great book for anyone out there who wants great recipes healthy recipes and ones that are going to nourish you and 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 heal your gut and anyone's going any, i am I'm just going to put it out there I'm going to steal a few um <laughs> try not to steal a few I'm going to I'm going to try a few I should say <laughs> but I know there's a few that um I definitely want to give a go I uh, really like the the fish curry um looked really good and I've gone through a few but how comes you what led to you making the book
1: Well, so I was, when we went on the GAPS diet, I was teaching cooking classes out of my home. And so I sort of went more towards GAPS and teaching people about that. And Mary was in my class and on the GAPS diet as well. And she's a photographer and we had both been scouring the web and Dr. Natasha's book was, um, you know, dense and hard to kind of decipher what I could do when. And on the web, there was conflicting information, so it was sort of really hard to navigate. And we wished that there was this one book. I mean, for all of you out there that have cookbook obsessions and love to crawl into bed at night with a good cookbook, um, we wanted that beautiful book that would guide us through. And that you know, we designed it so that we could show people that you could still eat really beautiful, nourishing, delicious foods and heal. I mean, the gap, the book, the book. You don't have to be on the Gap's diet to to utilize the book. It's really just um, a way to eat for life. I mean we we basically still eat this way. Uh, and obviously now my kids could go can go out and have a piece of pizza and be fine. And I try and mm-hmm. let go of the mm-hmm. reins a little bit here and there, which is hard for me to do. But um but I have to be thankful that now that they can handle those things. Mm-hmm. They can go out and um have a day where everything isn't perfect and be okay. Uh, so yeah, so we, she said one day we should write a book about this. And I said, we should, and we just pitched it and, uh, went from there, got a deal. And, and over the next year, every week we got together and cooked up and designed, um, or did a little layout and photographed and got it out there. So it's pretty cool. It was sort of like a perfect I think it's like a little bit like the little engine that could it was just like this little book that was a labor of love and it kind of came out at this perfect time when gut health is becoming such a big uh word out there and people are a term people uh are searching for for answers
0: Oh, it, it's a great book it's really clean it's easy to read easy to navigate and you know you've got a hell of a lot of of recipes in here like literally there's so many Something for everyone yeah what um what's your favorite go-to recipe
1: oh gosh my favorite go-to um i love a roasted chicken my family always loves a roasted chicken because i i always can and actually even the boiled chicken because i can always pull the meat off the bones either i can roast the chicken and have it for dinner and then put the bones.
0: no i think i've just lost you there um cool so you're just talking about we just lost it there for a quick second that's the that's the great thing about doing an interview live and over Skype it happens sometimes but she was just telling us about her favorite um meal being was it a boiled chicken no it
1: was a roasted chicken so I um, I love roasting a chicken or boiling a chicken um and so then uh, if I roast a chicken on a Sunday then I we have roasted chicken that night and I throw all the bones back in a pot and make a bone broth for the next day. I roll it overnight and the next day we have uh, broth to make into a soup or to add to to whatever or just drink on its own. Or if I boil the chicken, I can pull all the meat off the bones and make broth and then use the meat to make chicken salad or um, burritos, whatever. Um, so I love a roasted chicken. I'm trying to think of what else my Family loves, um, oh my gosh. Well, I also love making, um, you know, kind of the staples that have become part of my life, which we highlight in the beginning from raw kefir to sprouting nuts to Mm -hmm. making butter, all the really, uh, things that we kind of rotate every week and biweekly in our house. Um, so, hmm. I don't know. The flank steak is really good.
0: (laughs) Put you on the spot, didn't I? Sorry.
1: Actually, one thing that we had the other day that my kids love is the salmon, um, the gravlax. And even my, which I was so intimidated to make that. It's a cured uh, fermented fish that is so easy that you do overnight. And and then we just sliced it up and put it with capers. And now we have it with sourdough bread and a little mayonnaise. It's just so delicious and
0: yummy. The picture on the front looks delicious itself. Um, your celery root soup is
1: it? The celery root soup, yes. I had that at a restaurant one day, and then picked the chef's brain and said, "How do you make this?" And so I just sort of recreated it on my own with um, because you know, there's certain. That's one big tip that I give people now is that um, ask for recipes, ask your farmers, ask your friends, ask um, your elders. That's one thing that we've lost is this connection to our land and our uh, family heritage. So a lot of the farmers have the most simple and delicious ways to prepare something like celery root, whereas some people might be totally intimidated by what am I going to do with this? And how do I prepare it? But there's so many simple, easy recipes. And and I say from my cookbook that I found three things that I've learned over the past couple years since it was released is that A, people are There are a lot of really sick people that I get letters from all over the world, people saying I've got this and this and my child has this and stuff that I've never even heard of Mm -hmm. and certainly that people didn't suffer with when I was younger. Um, And then secondly, people email me from all over saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm healing for the first time with food alone. This is so exciting. And then lastly, I moved to L.A., uh, two weeks after the book or no, two weeks after I moved to LA, the book was released. And so here I was in this melting pot of people from all over, all over the world living right here in LA. And everybody that I meet from another country would say, this is the way we ate growing up and we were never sick, which is so fascinating to me. And that's really what Live Yum Yum, my new brand is about, is about capturing these um, time-honored traditions; these people that are thriving, free of disease, much like Weston Price discovered, mm-hmm. um, that are still living. I feel like we have one generation of people left that truly remember uh, how to eat this way, and it's a lifestyle. It's not just about food; it's about sitting around the table together, sharing a meal, sharing conversation. It's about knowing your farmers and walking to the market, or you know, um, taking taking time, listening to your gut, and laughing and enjoying enjoying life. I think. There's so much fear over the past, you know, 50 years. I don't know, at least since I was, you know, fat free, that was when fear really entered my life in terms of food and what to eat. And so many people uh, live in fear. And that's also very damaging to your gut to have that stress. So, um, So really getting back to our true roots and asking people, Just ask somebody next time you're at the butcher shop or the next time you're at the farmer's market or the next time you're with your grandmother, ask for a recipe and try and bring back some of those time honored traditions and easy, simple in today's world. This, this French woman that's 92 that I met at the butcher shop. She's so adorable. She's like four feet tall and a welder. And, um, she, she's all about simplicity and, uh, but she said to me, you know, you can't dismiss the fact that there are a lot of single moms now who are working and come home and it's late and they just want to get in line at Whole Foods and get something quick for their family. So I'm trying to make it very simple for people, but some of the most delicious foods are very simple. Another Mm -hmm. French that I'm interviewing said, I have an idea like a four ingredient recipe. You know, there's so many of them out there. It doesn't have to be to be complicated, to be delicious Mm -hmm. or expensive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be expensive. Sometimes I look at um, recipes, and if there's so many... Oh, shoot. Hold on. Sorry.
0: No worries.
1: Um, there's so many uh, ingredients in it, and that was with my cook, my fish stew that I, I didn't want to deter people by all the ingredients in that, because sometimes I look at a laundry list of re- of ingredients and I say, oh, I'm not going to make that. It's too complicated. Mm-hmm. So um, just trying to keep things really simple. And the more you get you know, we need to build our confidence in the kitchen and it does take time. If you didn't grow up with a grandmother in your kitchen or a mom who loved to cook, then it can be really intimidating. And, um, and there's a lot of insecurity I feel like in the kitchen and around making things taste good. And it just, my big message is it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be expensive. I got home late last night and, um, made a quick bean stew in a half hour for my family Mm-hmm. Um, fed eight of us, you know, and with that and it was super cheap and super nourishing and just had some bacon on top with some raw crumb fresh and it was delicious. So, uh-huh. um, so just getting people back in the kitchen, learning to cook and taking control of their own health is a big passion of mine and then passing it on to this next generation of kids so that they can grow up with a life free of disease and,
0: and really thrive and we can turn things around. Hundred percent, and people like you doing that—that's phenomenal. A couple of things you said there. The other thing is, when you're eating healthier, um, you come in, you you're not, you might not be so. I mean, you're obviously going to get tired, but when you start eating better, it's. Uh, I feel like it's easier to make healthier choices because you've got a bit more energy than you would have if you're not like, eating great. So, coming out, and a lot of your recipes in here are only you know there's some in here that are only four or five ingredients, and a lot of them, especially with the soups, you can you can leave them or put them in the freezer, and you can have them another time so that works really well and one of the other things you said in here as well is when you're going through when you're going through the healing process give yourself as you said there it's not just about the food other food is important give yourself time give yourself a, cut, cut yourself from slack like if you need a nap because your body's going through the healing process have a nap i know it can be hard but sometimes you have got to cut yourself from slack especially if you're going through a healing process
1: Yeah, I mean, I I still am trying to learn this today of just slowing down and really being present and taking time for myself and um and nourishing myself, taking a little quiet time or taking a walk, making time for a walk or a meditation or whatnot because it's so easy in today's world to just be in this fast pace and go 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 and cutting out cutting out things like a. a, meal preparation or a nap or whatever your, your body needs. But I promise when you slow down and sit around the table together and prepare a meal, it does become uh, almost like a meditation sometimes for me to be in the kitchen and preparing food for family and friends. So, um, but yes, and and with your kids too, if you are on the GAPS diet, I always say like buy them an extra Lego or take them to the movies or something because it is, they are troopers for going through, uh, what can be a long healing journey. And, it, and sometimes it's really hard for children to understand when they're watching their friends eat cake and pizza and candy or whatnot. It's, um you know now now looking back it seems like a blip i say really 2 years the the healing protocol for the gaps diet or the recommended time is about 2 years some people some people can go right to full gaps and heal with that and some people this is really important some people may want to start with full, ba- full gaps if they've never cooked before if they're unfamiliar with making bone broths or making uh yogurt or um, sprouting their nuts. If they're if that's so intimidating for you, then just start with full gaps and just start with eliminating the bad foods out of your house and adding in good foods. And then once you get the swing of it and you've sourced your food and you know where you're going to get your stuff then, if you need to heal further, go back and start on the intro diet. Some people are ready. They're Weston Price people or they're totally familiar with this or they're really sick or they have a child with autism and they're ready to start from the intro right away. So we were ready Right away because we had been he- um, eating this way for about six years. By the time we started GAPS, so it was not so daunting to me. Mm-hmm. But it was still.
0: <laughs> hey, to be fair, I mean, I know it's pizzas and cake and stuff, but it's it's delicious food, right? And once you start eating it, it is actually. I always say to my clients when they start eating like it, they are like, oh, "I can't believe how nice it tastes." I'm like, well, it's, yeah. it's, "It's it's it's organic produce that you're cooking it with the best ingredients, and it." I think it just tastes in a different world, different league to process Mm -hmm. foods and stuff. So I know kids with sweets and stuff, that's a different ballgame. But for most of us, the the recipes you've got in here, they're going to be absolutely delicious and they're going to keep you satiated for a lot longer.
1: Yeah, I mean, meal food doesn't take much to taste good. I would say, you know, like I said, three or four ingredients and it's beautiful. And sometimes we have, you know, just a quick, easy tomato with a drizzle of olive oil and a pinch of sea salt or avocado with that and a fried egg. You know, sometimes if life is hectic, I'm like, okay, eggs for dinner. And I'll cook up eggs for everybody and Mm -hmm. throw some Mm -hmm. tomato and avocado on the side and we're done. But I know it's really, you know, they're beautiful pastured eggs and organic produce and so, and with some healthy fats. Uh, But it does fat makes, I mean, gosh, I wish I knew this for so long ago that fats make everything taste good. Mm. (laughs) So when you remove the fat they replace it with sugar and then that's just that's where the downfall starts to happen or the unraveling
0: yeah 100 percent this uh it, i mean your book if you're a vegan this book's not gonna, well there's some you can got some recipes in there that a vegan could have but generally it's uh i'd say it's not for a vegan um right. but um i mean mary even said in the, uh, one of her quotes she said i foolishly decided that becoming a raw vegan was the way to go After a short period of health, I began to feel my body breaking down once again. I entered a painful and dark time when I constantly felt awful, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and I was broken and hopeless. Now, this is not an anti-vegan or anything like that. I mean, I've got my thoughts in it, I'm sure you have. But what would you say for any vegans that are going through health problems, um, gut issues? Because a lot of the recipes do contain things like chicken um, stock and bone broths, etc.,
1: Right. Well, I would say, yeah, you certainly you can't really do the GAPS diet if you're going to be fully vegan. Mm-hmm. I I do say bone broth is sort of the gateway food for vegans. Most of them are willing to add, not most of them, but some of them who are desperate to heal will start to add that into their, their diets first. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. sort of opens the doors. And um, my my message about that I just was speaking with a woman yesterday whose son was vegan for four or five years and got really sick and then um, discovered Weston Price and changed and, and healed. But um, my message is really to listen and tune into your body. Don't be so righteous one way or the other with what's what's right and what what's wrong or I should be doing this or I should be doing that because of animal welfare or whatnot. There's a little boy at my kid's school who's vegan and, uh, it's all because of animal welfare and, um, and he thinks he's doing such a, well, I mean, you know, in his eyes, this is really important to him. And I understand that, but I said, keep in mind that there, you know, when you're processing or harvesting soybeans and grains and all, all um, you know, non-animal products too, different ecosystems are destroyed and animals are killed in in a harsh way. So, and it's not the animals per se that need to be demonized. It's the management of the animals. And we certainly do have a problem with that in this country and starting to spread across the the world of people. Uh, you know, the factory farming is not something I support and, yeah. um, uh, yeah. but there's something to be said about the cycle of life when people are doing things right and that things just work and you honor the animals that, that die so that you can eat, uh, And you know that they've lived a happy, healthy life. So, but my my point too is to really listen to yourself and intuitively tune into what you need in that moment. If you're living in in London and it's freezing cold all winter, and you're a raw vegan and you're eating juices and salads, that may not be you know. But then your body's craving stews and bone broths or fried eggs or whatever, really tune in and listen to your, what, what your body needs in that moment because that's probably what you need. And then the springtime when you want more salads or the summertime when the sun's out and you're getting your your vitamin A and your vitamin D um, a little more, then, then maybe that's when you have your more detoxing salads and juices. But I think there's so much righteousness that's going on right now. I mean, I just heard of an inter- interview with Dr. Mercola where he was talking about the benefits of bread and grains. And I didn't listen to the whole thing, but, um, I thought, Oh, here we go. Bread's going to be okay again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, for so many years, I was so afraid of bread and we didn't have it for three years because we didn't have any grains and legumes on the gap side. But now I said, you know, if we're going to have it, then I'm going to learn how to make sourdough. And I was saying yesterday in my class, I I distributed a loaf, a couple loaves of sourdough for them to try their raw kefir cheese with. And, there's something so nourishing about a beautifully, traditionally prepared loaf of sourdough bread. And there's something so nice about being able to give somebody a loaf of bread. It's like,
0: it's really <laughs> Don't, 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 don't. I know what you mean. <laughs> I do understand exactly what you mean there. I, that's, that's true. For sourdough as well. It's, um, the thing is, it's because bread wasn't bread for a long while. When you talk about sourdough, it's got like four or five ingredients, right? Compared to what people normally buy as bread. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a different world
1: and salt and it's um, and it's you know the way I make it is a 48 hour ferment and it's made with beautiful uh, heirloom wheat it's grown by the farmers that I know and they um, stone grind it themselves so you know certainly bread has been demonized for a reason because the bread is not the same today as it was 100 or so years ago but if you if you get back to traditionally preparing foods like bread then there are some um you know great health benefits from it but we just need to re-educate ourselves on how we prepare these foods
0: yeah i mean what you said there about being righteous i think that's huge and about giving your body what it needs it's something that i i can't agree with you more and i think that was uh absolutely brilliant brilliant way to respond because i think there's a a lot of self-righteousness out there now um and people just get attacked or whatever but the boy doesn't lie and results don't lie a lot of the, lot of the time um, but and as you said there about making bread um, my my mum and dad for example they're old school they've had bread their whole life um, and it's one of the things that they just they enjoy um, 60 plus years old they enjoy a bit of bread but they make their own bread and it's all organic produce. They have like nuts and seeds in there. It's it's different world to just going out and buying a loaf of bread. So making the right choices, making choices as much as possible is the best as possible. Is definitely the right. way to go.
1: Yeah, I think you know, in I remember being in Australia in college, and their bread aisle was like a section of an aisle. And then here in America, it's like you have, we have an entire aisle dedicated to just bread, and it's mm. very hard to find a loaf of bread that doesn't have sugar in it. So, you know, it's just, it's not the same. Um, but also I want to say, you know, being righteous. When I figured out this way of eating and I discovered Weston Price, I feel like I became, you know, it's like once you learn something, you can't unlearn it. And I'm like, this is the way. And why why don't you get what we're doing? We were like the freaks. And we still are a little bit. I think my family, and my husband's family think we've gone off the deep end. And, and so I have... <laughs> A little bit of balance is okay. I mean, yeah. I, I've learned to go out to dinner and let it go a little bit or indulge myself in something that maybe I wouldn't always have instead of being so strict and so rigid and I can't have this and I can't have that and my kids can't have this because you feel like, oh, like, you know, if they have a, I don't know, white flour or white sugar that all hell is going to break loose. But, um, and certainly... When you're in a compromised situation, you can't really have those things. But once you heal, mm-hmm. to rediscover that balance and to actually to live uh, and enjoy certain things is, is okay. Yeah. You know,
0: couldn't getting agree back. With you
1: more. Yeah,
0: I couldn't agree with you more. You got to enjoy your human experience, right? I mean, once you said once you, if you're compromised and you have to heal, it's different. But once you've done that, uh, I completely agree with you. Um, but yeah it's uh it's something that I think in our industry people I mean yeah you can't unlearn something but I think once you've got to a stage where you said your kids go out and they have a little bit of something a it's a lot different to them having it every single day right and them having it all the time
1: yeah and we were talking yesterday about how you know you you where you send your kids off to college and or they go out and they they make the wrong choices. And I've always said, I have one kid who's like going to go to college and go off the rails and be like, lucky charms, they're free. And my mom's not here now, whatever I want. And so, you know, you worry that they're going to go just binge on whatever and they may. And, and that's okay. We have to let them discover what true health is. And hopefully they don't get sick and have to circle back or really truly heal but hopefully they crave if you've given them the foundation of good health that they will circle back and then certainly when they have kids they're going to want to feed their kids healthy and that these you're you're raising them with the the roots that they need and that the tastes and the variety that they need to move on into adulthood and make the right decisions and and they're not going to be perfect and we've all been there we've all you know had too many pieces of cake or too many beers or too many whatever um and but the the hope is that they circle back and that they'll remember these times with fond memories of meals around the family table and it goes deep you know
0: so yeah it does no i completely agree and i think that's uh (laughs) It's a huge point, and I think I tell you, I've kept you for quite a long time, so I will let you in there. But that was um, a great point. It does go deeper. In the end, it's their choice, and you've done exactly. If 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 your child goes and does that, I think even in the back of their mind, they know I'm not. This isn't. This isn't what I should be doing. And then, if you plant that that seed, they'll they'll, they'll soon find out. Though, if you get ill, there's, there's one way you'll, you'll find out. Unfortunately, but it's something that. Um, you say we all have to make our own mistakes, right?
1: Right. Well, and it's hard because you you can be so righteous or so rigid. Like I, even me, I mean, my kids don't get a lot of junk at all. And I was giving this example yesterday that we went to this school um, open house or something. And one of my kids, my kid that I say will go off and binge on the Lucky Charms, he had four bagels. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. And, you know, after two, I was like, okay, enough. Like, Let's not have any more bagels. And then I went into this little... Lecture that was going on. I'm like, God, oh, I know he's out there having another bagel. And sure enough, I go out and he's having another bagel. And but you know, he never gets those. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wanted to just like shake him. And part, I like took him aside. I'm like, You can't, you know, Coops, you can't do this. This, you know, this isn't good for your body. And I'm trying to explain, but he's 13 and he wants to be cool and everyone else is having them. But and he had never really, he hasn't had them for years, really. So. Again, it goes back to that balance. And then there are the kids that get bagels every day and they could care less. You know, like, oh, I'll just have a half a bagel and walk away. But, if you know, there's there's my kids who never get it, who want it so badly. So it's, oh, it's such a hard thing as a mom to watch sometimes, but you have to let go a little bit. And that's where I am right now because I have three 13-year-olds that are out there trying to make their own decisions and going to friends' houses. And I'm trying to empower them with, Cooking their own breakfasts and uh, helping out with dinner, and one of my kids assisted me yesterday with my cooking class. And so I just figure the more I can expose them and, and empower them to to understand it, and surround them with people that do get it, then and get that similar message. So if you can team up with some other moms that believe this, and then have your kids have their first sleepovers over at houses like that, <laughs> and that's a good thing. Then they'll get the message from somebody else besides you.
0: thing is, all the moms listening to this are nodding their heads. (laughs) That's good, yeah.
1: Saying, you know, my mom was visiting and I was with my daughter and we had had pancakes for breakfast and we were having some sort of pasta dish I knew for for dinner and it was all good, you know, sourdough pancakes and we are having this heirloom pasta and then we we went out to lunch with my mom and I was saying, okay, so maybe we shouldn't have bread because we have bread for breakfast and bread for dinner. And then she was like, well, there's nothing else. She really wanted this beautiful like tomato burrata basil sandwich on a baguette and I was like I I basically was like well why don't you have something else because that has bread and that's just my preconceived Mm. notion of like bread is too much bread is bad and it's all going to break down to sugar and so here I was projecting my fear on my daughter and then she was like okay okay I won't have that but and then I'm saying, no, just go ahead, just have it. It's okay. It's one day, and I'm trying to let go. And then we're standing there at this cafe, and my mom is watching us like we're crazy. And, and I had done the damage already, so then she felt guilty because she got the bread. I was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? So, you know, we all make our mistakes, and nothing's perfect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Good. laughs> I think that's a. Uh, I think that's any nutritionist who's ever been with their family ever. I think has been through that <laughs> situation.
1: Hard, and then when I have five kids who are like, I want this and I want that. I want to get this, and we're out to dinner. I'm like, oh my god, it's just, it's awful. You know, we went out to lunch with my mom in Santa Barbara a couple of days ago, and we we found a really, we sourced a really great restaurant that sources all their meats responsibly, and um, and they had beautiful. Fries that they cooked up in like butter and herbs, and uh, you know, I didn't dig too deep. I said they don't use canola oil, so that was good. Um, but I knew by reading their menu that it was all good, and um, and it was really a lovely experience. Everyone had like beautiful pulled pork, or my son had a tri-tip sandwich on a baguette, and then he, I had this amazing kale salad with smoked chicken, and my son, who's the one that uh, the lucky charm bagel boy, tried. <laughs> salad and was like oh it's actually really good and so it's when you can let go and have fun yeah. that they they do try new things and um and it was like a beautiful fun experience instead of being stressful uh and fear mongering you know
0: at least it's real food as well right so they're eating and, real food
1: and supporting people that are yeah trying to do the right thing by sourcing locally and whatnot 100 so,
0: i think it was i think you put a quote in your book as well um can't remember which nutritionist or one of the people you spoke to I think it was about juicing when you said don't worry about it if you miss out on a few days and the nutritionist even told you they worrying about it sometimes gonna be far worse than not getting the nutrients from the uh, from the juice which is 100% right so you know you've got to make the right choices if you do stress yourself out beyond belief then that's gonna be worse for your health than not
1: yeah I totally agree I mean one of the things we've found with our Daughter who has epilepsy. Um, you know, she didn't ha- start to have grand mal seizures until she found out about my husband's cancer, and we moved across the country away from family and friends, and and it's you know we moved four times in one year, and it's been really stressful. And um, we've been seeking answers for her for a long time, and it's amazing to me we found this. Um, and a lot of her seizures come, which is these little little seizures, and a lot of them come from stress and anxiety and and whatnot and we can see that. And she'll little do a little eye roll. And there's something called the Heart Math Solution, which is an app on your phone that you can clip a a clip to your ear and plug it into your phone. And it's basically deep breathing for ten minutes. You you breathe four seconds in and four seconds out. And um, and it shows this little icon of, um, like, a flower going in and out to your breath. And it clicks around and shows green if you're in compliance and blue and red if you're, your heart's kind of out of compliance. You're not breathing into your heart. And it has, show, it has been so powerful for her epilepsy and for her to see that she has complete control over her nervous system. And so the That's fear, fear and stress, you can see with it, it's kind of like a... EKG or whatever, where the, mm-hmm. the line goes up and down, my son was like, this would be a good thing to measure if you're, if you're living or not, because it would be like a flat line if you're not. But, you know, she can see if it's like, if it's rigid and going up and down like crazy, then she's, she's gotta just, she's stressed. And so as soon as she breathes into her heart and takes a moment, she goes into that green zone where she's, she's okay. And so I think the same, happens with food sometimes you have to bless it if you sit there and think like oh my gosh this is filled with antibiotics and hormones or pesticides and this is so bad for my body then that's how your body's going to receive it but if you're at a friend's house and you can't control the situation or you're out to eat mm-hmm. and you bless it and know that it's not going to be an everyday thing and you enjoy it and just move forward then your your body's going to receive it in a better way 100% there's
0: two things that as well like if you know you're going out and that's happening, you can take a few things with you, like probiotics, etc., so you can have them with you. You can always take your stuff. Um, and I was i had Dr. Joel Kahn here before, we were talking about heart health, it was all about um, cardiovascular health. And he said people that meditate um have 50% less chance of getting a recurring heart attack. And he said that if they could put that in a pill, it'd be worth billions. And so if you're just saying there that your mental state is huge. Um, yeah and uh there's something called the french paradox i've gone into before where the, the french where even though they um eat all the cheese and they have pasta and wine and uh, smoke etc they're one of the leanest nations in europe and it's because when they eat they relax and they take time and and they spend ages t- talking and enjoying the food compared to stressing and rushing around so a hundred percent um yeah. agree with that that's a huge part of it
1: it's, it's so true. I mean, I, and I, again, we're not perfect. I, I try so hard to have, we have family dinner, even through my husband's cancer. Whatnot, we always had family dinner. And I just posted on my Instagram the other day that my mom came to visit and we had this beautiful steak dinner and it kind of went south fast. We're like, I was like, can you just sit on your bum? Sit on your bum. I mean, my kids come to the dinner table and half the time, like they're squatting or they're on their knees and they're not using the fork and then my one son is looking in the window at his reflection every time he talks to you, and then two of them got excused to go to bed without dinner, and it's like, oh my god, did this have have to happen? Like right when my mom arrived, and um, but it's just, it's we're instilling the the values. It's not going to be perfect always, uh, but you're laying the groundwork for uh, what what they will remember and cherish as as time spent around the dinner table, and that's really where. Um, you know, there was a guy that came to my kid's school, which is this beautiful nature-based school and all about slowing down and nature connection. And this man, John Young came, who has been studying the people of Botswana and the, the Bushmen there. And their dinner time at the end of the day is where people, you decompress and you offload what happened that day so that you can go to bed and you can, you can just shed that, you know, you can be done with whatever happened in your day that maybe wasn't perfect, but so many times people are going, going, going and eating on the go or standing up or eating in the car that there's, there isn't that time to offload what happened or to reconnect with family and friends. So the French, there's certainly so much we can learn from other countries and, and what they're doing. And we had it. We had it a little over 100 years ago. We've just gone, you know, things mm. have gone a little bit. So we just have to get back to that. I think everybody's craving that. You know, I know when I slow down and take time to go for a walk or take time for myself that I feel better. I don't always do it because it, it's not ingrained in me, but if it becomes a lifestyle again.
0: Yeah, it's. I think, it, as you say, it's a lifestyle factor, right? And it's uh, something that, um, I mean, people can just be on their phone the whole time, so why would they take time to to, to just to relax and to, to eat when it's like we like to be distracted the whole time? A lot of these countries, they don't. Um, so it's a it's a huge part of it i completely agree with you um yeah. yeah it's a huge part of it and uh yeah the more we can do it
1: yeah i was going to say i don't know how they do it in other countries where like in Italy, they sit for 3 or 4 hours because i feel like my kids once they get food in them sometimes they're like so it's like a recharge so they're like all excited and energetic and Jumping up and down, I'm like, just sit down, just sit down. It's only been 20 minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's keep keep talking. But um, but right. yeah. So, but you just have to keep modeling the right way for your
0: kids. Oh, it's hugely different with kids. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can, appreciate that. Um, haven't got them yet myself, but I can imagine five as well. It's <laughs> it's a handful. So, I think you're doing really well. I think you deserve a medal just for that. Anyway, um, getting there, getting there. Yeah, getting there. Anyway, here we thank very much for that it was a brilliant brilliant interview if you just stay on the line i'll just uh, close out the show and that's great so um guys you you can um contact hillary at com, and also go out and go out and buy the book uh the heal your gut cookbook you can find that on amazon um and hillary what's your instagram account
1: yeah i was gonna say that's probably what i keep up with most it's live yum yum L-I-V-E-Y-U-M-Y-U-M.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: That's where I'm posting basically two to three times a day. I post what we're cooking up here as a family of seven and how we're, how we're doing it. So you'll see all the awesome. imperfections awesome. and craziness of our house. Too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so, guys, that's where to find her. And honestly, go and check out a book. It is brilliant. Um, I'll be definitely using some of those recipes myself. Anyway, thanks, Hilary. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Okay, take care. Well, guys, that was episode 10. hope you enjoyed it. I mean, I'm sure you got a lot of information out of that. Any questions you guys have said before, you know where to find Hilary. You can always hit me up on um, my website or email me at ryan at reviveyourself.co and head on over to www.reviveyourself.co because we've got a lot of stuff on gut health over there as well. I know it's one of the biggest problems coming today with all the... Oh, food! I mean, the problem is people are not even eating food these days. They're just eating food-like products, um, and it's completely destroying the gut lining. Obviously, the insecticides, rodenticides, pesticides, herbicides, larvicides—all on the food. Then you're looking at all the different chemicals that are being used on the um, to preserve them. Um, I mean, it goes deep into the water you're drinking, the stress levels you're under, uh, food, the things you're using to cook in. There's so many different things with gut health, and it's one of the things. Obviously, Henry's book is going to help you with um, It's one of the gut issues and gut health is something that I specialise in. So, if anyone's got any issues with that, don't don't be afraid to jump on over to revive yourself. Dot co. Um, and even contact me on there there's a contact tab go on there and contact me and I'll get back to you as soon as um, I can and lots of articles and stuff to read over there as well and obviously go out there and buy Hilary's book um, it'll help you but I know some people like or need some individual attention because the great thing about books is it, is it will give you ideas and different recipes and a brilliant, brilliant um, delve into gut health but sometimes you do need a more um, individualized detailed approach and that's absolutely fine but I would say that this book is full of great recipes that you go and get anyway that's that I might in it a podcast on gut health myself in fact there is a, I've actually got a great webinar you can use and go and see on my site I think it's still up and if you click on the webinar it goes all into gut health and it'll explain in detail why it's so important to get your gut health right, and how and what most people do wrong. And in fact, it's one of the seminars that I give. Um, I travel around. I've around Europe, and think I'll be going to America soon to give a talk on it. Um, so, if any of you out there would like to get me to come over and give a talk for you, that's not a problem. Um, you can always contact me basically it's, it's so i'm very passionate about gut health because it's where so where all disease starts and all health begins so it's so important anyway next week's show is with dr david kennedy and we're talking all about fluoride the dangers of fluoride and mercury and we go in deep on it david's actually uh, a leading authority um, for yeah, definitely i'd say the world's leading authority on fluoride and mercury he's been he's been lecturing on it for decades now so it's going to be a great great show so for all of you guys out there that think fluoride is healthy for your teeth this would be one to definitely tune in on okay guys so as always stay happy stay healthy and i'll speak to you soon